At U.S. Bank, when we say we're in it with you, we mean it. Not just for the good stuff, the grand openings and celebrations, although those are pretty great, but for all the hard work it took to get there. The fine-tuning of goals, the managing of cash and workflows, and decision-making. We're in to help you through all of it. Because together, we're proving day in and day out that there is nothing as powerful as the power of us. Visit usbank.com to get started today. Equal housing lender. Member FDIC. Copyright 2024. U.S. Bank. Good morning. Breaking overnight. Neck and neck. Pennsylvania's Republican Senate race still too close to call. What else would you expect? Everything about this campaign has been tight. Dr. Mehmet Oz versus hedge funder David McCormick. And it's coming down to the wire. And in North Carolina, the scandal-plagued Congressman Madison Cawthorn loses his seat. The latest numbers and the Trump effect straight ahead. Paying respects, President Biden and the First Lady laying flowers at a memorial to the victims of that mass shooting in Buffalo. Hate will not prevail. White supremacy will not have the last word. Just ahead, new details emerging about the 18-year-old accused gunman, his online rants, and the warning signs more than one year ago. Intentional act, a stunning new report on that Boeing plane crash in China. This morning, why investigators now believe someone in the cockpit took down the plane on purpose, killing all 132 people on board. Today, exclusive, a major breakthrough for the U.S. women's soccer team in its decade-long battle for equal pay. Is, is just too large. The historic agreement just reached to pay every U.S. national soccer player, man or woman, equally. All that plus Circus' second act inside the plans to bring back the iconic Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus in a brand new way. A sneak peek straight ahead. And lights, camera, action. We are taking you behind the scenes of Murder in Studio One. The stars of the show, us. What kind of double talk you call that? What kind of double talk you call that? Talk. Talk. Your first look at the fun we had bringing this wild mystery to life today, Wednesday, May 18th, 2022. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to today. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday morning. If we had been very successful as actors, maybe we wouldn't be getting up at these hours anymore. <laughs> exactly. But we're keeping our day jobs. Right. We worked on accents. People bought tickets. It was a lot of fun, and we can't wait to show it to everybody. We'll it's share it out in a yeah, little bit. We, we do have a very busy morning, guys. A lot of breaking news to get to, including new developments tied to Russia's war on Ukraine. Yeah, with attacks there growing by the day overnight, Sweden and Finland made it official, applying for NATO membership. It is a huge shift for those two countries, and one that could change the balance of power as fighting in Ukraine rages on. Richard Engel on the ground there with a full report. We also have breaking news in the world of sports. After years of litigation, U.S. soccer announcing that a new deal that states every national player, whether they are male or female, will be paid equally. We'll have exclusive details on that groundbreaking agreement. But we're going to begin with some surprising results overnight from those primary elections, including the Pennsylvania Senate race, where Dr. Mehmet Oz and David McCormick are locked in a dead heat for the Republican nomination. NBC's Peter Alexander has more on that and the other big races. Peter, good morning. 
Hey, Savannah and Hoda, good morning to both of you. The marquee race of the night was also the most expensive. That race for Senate in Pennsylvania, and this one is a nail-biter. Roughly 2,600 votes separate the top two Republican candidates, with Dr. Oz clinging to a narrow lead, and it could be headed to a statewide recount in a race where former President Trump was a central figure. In Pennsylvania, a state that could determine control of the Senate this fall, Trump-backed doctor turned celebrity talk show host Mehmet Oz running neck and neck for the Republican primary this morning with former hedge fund CEO David McCormick. When all the votes are tallied, I am confident we will win. We can see victory ahead. Mr. Trump repeatedly praised Oz on the campaign trail. Dr. Oz has led an enormously successful career on television, and now he's running to save our country. Falling short, conservative commentator Kathy Barnett, who tweeted anti-Muslim and anti-gay comments. Barnett hoped to capitalize on a late surge in the polls after sharing her anti-abortion message, telling the story of how her mother gave birth to her after being raped as a child. Though she didn't win, Barnett tried to adopt the MAGA mantle, and her aides say likely shaved votes away from Oz. The victor will face off against the state's lieutenant governor, progressive Democrat John Fetterman, who won his race decisively, despite suffering a minor stroke last week. Fetterman casting his ballot from the hospital just hours before surgery to implant a pacemaker, later tweeting he's on track for a full recovery. In the race for Pennsylvania governor, a Trump favorite won the Republican nomination. Far-right state Senator Doug Mastriano enthusiastically promoted the lie that widespread election fraud led to the former president's 2020 defeat. He also marched on the Capitol on January 6th, though Mastriano says he never broke the law. And in one of the night's most closely watched races, North Carolina Republicans rejected scandal-plagued Congressman Madison Cawthorn's bid for a second term, despite a Trump endorsement. No matter what you are facing, when Donald Trump has your back, he has your back to the end, and that is why... The 26-year-old was unable to overcome a cascade of controversies, including driving with a revoked license, bringing a loaded gun to an airport, and appearing in several sexually suggestive videos and photos. Peter, overall, we saw mixed results from Trump-backed candidates, and of course the jury's still out in Pennsylvania. Yeah. So, you know, how are the political analysts looking into that and what the Trump influence is heading into the midterms? You know, Savannah, I think it was a mixed night for Donald Trump. His endorsed Senate candidate won the North Carolina primary, but the Idaho governor candidate he backed lost. So did Madison Cawthorn. And Dr. Oz, as you saw, is hanging on for dear life. But I think we should be careful not to read too much into the former president's win-loss record. It's kind of like at this point he's betting on horses. Some win, some lose, but it has not diluted his power, certainly the power of Trumpism over the Republican Party as the former president eyes a possible 2024 White House bid. And President Trump, uh, President Biden, excuse me, for his part, he's not mincing words calling out some of those candidates saying whoever wins in Pennsylvania, for example, will be, quote, too dangerous, too craven, and too extreme. Savannah. Peter Alexander with the election night. Thank you, uh, Peter. Appreciate it. Also this morning, new details are coming to light as investigators piece together that deadly supermarket shooting in Buffalo over the weekend. The president and first lady visiting with victims' family members yesterday while calling on all Americans to condemn racial hatred. NBC's Emily Akeda is in Buffalo with the latest. Hey, Emily, good morning.
Good morning, Hoda. President Biden delivering an emotional message, calling white supremacy a poison as investigators dig deeper into the background of the 18-year-old accused killer. President Biden condemning hate in Buffalo. White supremacy is a poison that's been allowed to fester and grow right in front of our eyes. With the first lady by his side, the president visited a memorial near the grocery store where 10 people were killed in what he called a racist rampage. President Biden emotional while reading the names of each victim. Leandra McNeil, 53, worked at a restaurant, went to buy his three-year-old son a birthday cake. His son's selling a birthday. Ask him where's daddy. This morning, investigators combing through the 18-year-old suspect's extensive internet history, including a 180-page manifesto referencing other mass shooters and a series of online rants reviewed by NBC News on the chat forum Discord, which appeared to be written by the gunman. In those rants, he describes mapping out the store's aisles ahead of the attack and also indicates that he considered a school and churches as additional targets because he thought they would have large numbers of black people. A year ago, the Buffalo shooting suspect underwent a mental health evaluation after he allegedly made disturbing comments regarding murder and suicide at his high school. The district attorney in Broome County now saying school officials and the police followed the procedures and protocols that were in place at that time. President Biden also called for stricter gun control laws. While some in Buffalo are skeptical that change will come, others like Wayne Jones, who lost his mother, reassured by the president's presence. Was there anything that the president said that really resonated with you? I see you got a lot of family, Wayne. Just going to make you make it through this. Your family. So just hold on tight to your family. As investigators continue to piece through the suspect's digital footprint, we're learning he referenced several Jewish communities in New Jersey, which have now ramped up police patrols as a precaution. Hoda. All right, Emily Aketa Forrester in Buffalo. Emily, thanks. The U.S. and its NATO allies are hailing a move by Finland and Sweden. The two nations have formally applied for membership in response to Russia's war on Ukraine. And this is happening as we learn more about the fate of those Ukrainian forces finally removed from that steel plant in Mariupol. And Chief Foreign Correspondent Richard Engel joins us with the details. Richard, good morning. Good morning, Savannah. So Sweden and Finland finally made it official, submitting their bids to join NATO. And both nations are expected to be approved. And the approval process could be quite quick, just take a matter of a few months. This is a blow to Vladimir Putin, uh, who had said that his so-called special military operation here in Ukraine would shrink NATO away from Russia's borders. Instead, it appears to be bringing NATO closer to Russia, while the fate here in Ukraine of those fighters in the city of Mariupol who'd been holding on even though they were surrounded is increasingly uncertain. In Ukraine, more buses evacuated Ukrainian fighters from a steel plant in Mariupol. Ukraine wants to swap them for Russian prisoners. But Russia now says it is investigating the fighters for possible war crimes and may designate them as members of a terrorist group. Russia appears to be sending a message pressuring Ukraine and the United States not to pursue war crimes cases against Russian soldiers or Ukrainian troops could face similar charges. But there's one key difference, evidence. 
when Ukrainian troops drove the Russians back from around Kyiv last month. Ukrainians told us how Russian forces had carried out summary executions. They uncovered mass graves. The bodies of Ukrainians lay scattered in the streets. And now more evidence is coming to light in eastern Ukraine, where Ukrainian troops are driving Russian forces away from the nation's second largest city, Kharkiv. Not much is left of the main street in Alhovka. Russian forces carpet bomb this village. Nearly every house is destroyed or badly damaged. Nikolai never left. He stayed in the wreck of his home, living on canned food and pickles. What, what happened here? What did you see? The Russians came and said they were liberating us, he says. The Russians here didn't go house to house carrying out executions. Instead, residents say they encouraged Ukrainians to leave and move to Russia. Tatiana, a teacher, stayed, but her husband did leave. Your husband has now found a job, presumably safe and somewhat comfortable in Russia. You're living here now. Do you think you made the right choice? When I looked at it and weighed the options, I love my husband, but I also love my land and my country, so I stayed. It's this determination that's perhaps been the biggest surprise of this war for the Russian president, who now faces a country that won't give in and a NATO alliance that appears set to grow right on Russia's doorstep. Even though Russia now seems to be taking steps to try to protect its soldiers from charges of war crimes, in this village on the outskirts of Kharkiv, investigators are already gathering evidence. Savannah. All right, Richard Engel, thank you very much. All right, let's turn now to the ongoing nationwide shortage of baby formula. Congress now taking a more active role in the hopes of increasing supply. NBC's Jolene Kent's been on this story from the beginning. Hey, Joe, good morning. Hi, Hoda. Good morning. This persistent formula shortage has House Democrats proposing a new $28 million emergency funding bill for the FDA. It would address staffing issues and the supplies babies need so badly right now. This comes as children are getting sick because their parents, their hospitals, they can't get the formula they need. Outrage and anxiety ballooning for parents nationwide amid signs that babies are suffering as this formula shortage drags on. This is a crisis for us in health care. At this Memphis, Tennessee hospital, two children were hospitalized for intestinal illnesses after their parents could not find the formula they needed. This is not every child, not normal children, but literally the formula recall has led to these children requiring hospitalization. This comes as the hunt for formula intensifies for millions of parents. This dad says he went to nine stores, desperately trying to find formula for his two-month-old son. It's pretty scary because he can't eat real food yet. So it's like, if we don't have no milk, then we don't know what we're going to do. Now the FDA telling NBC News that thanks to loosened restrictions for formula imported from abroad, more supply could hit shelves in a matter of weeks. The shortage stemming from soaring demand and supply chain issues and the closure of a key plant. But newly imported formula stresses out some parents like Candace Hendricks, whose three-month-old son has a dairy allergy. I actually attempted to get him a different type of formula. Um, I wasn't aware of the extent of his allergen and he had a terrible allergic reaction. Right now, Hendricks is relying on formula samples from her pediatrician. My worst fear is that when I call to schedule a pickup for samples that they will say, sorry, that they don't have any more. 
It is just so heartbreaking. And tomorrow, the first congressional hearings on the formula shortage will begin in Washington with the FDA commissioner testifying. Expect major fireworks on Capitol Hill. Hoda. All right, Jill and Kent Forrest. Joe, thank you. All right, we say good morning to Greg. Craig. <laughs> oh, Greg. Greg, Greg, Greg I go yes, by either. Exactly. Hi. How are you? It was a late night. Yes. Um, what you got, Joe? Hey, this morning? Savannah Hoda. Good morning. Good morning to you as well. Well, here's the thing. This morning, we're now learning more about what might have caused that Boeing passenger plane to crash in China two months ago, killing everyone on board. There's some new reporting that suggests that crash may have been deliberate. NBC's Tom Costello covers aviation for us. He joins us now from Chicago. Tom, what do we know? Yeah, good morning. So the Wall Street Journal is reporting, in fact, that the plane's black boxes are suggesting that somebody on board that plane in the cockpit, maybe a pilot, intentionally crashed the plane. I'll tell you, this has been the dominant theory I have been hearing for weeks among aviation sources. But the paper reporting specifically that the black box data is leading investigators to this conclusion. Nearly two months since a China Eastern passenger plane slammed into a remote mountain, killing all 132 people on board. There is growing evidence the crash may have been intentional. The Wall Street Journal, citing sources familiar with the preliminary U.S. assessment, reports data recovered from the plane's black boxes shows someone set the cockpit controls for a fatal plunge from 29,000 feet. Veteran U.S. crash investigators have speculated since the crash that someone may have crashed the plane intentionally. Now, a senior government source tells NBC News the theory is consistent with what we are thinking. The flight profile is very similar to other accidents that have been uh, a, a pilot suicide type of accident. The profiles match. There was no call from uh, to air traffic control, and they didn't answer air traffic control. The plane involved is a 737-800, not the 737 MAX that remains grounded in China. While the airline immediately grounded the rest of its 800 fleet, they've since been allowed to fly again without any service bulletins or modifications. Two senior U.S. safety officials tell NBC News were not aware of any problems with the plane. The investigation is being led by Chinese authorities. NBC's Janice Mackey-Frayer is in Beijing. Chinese authorities remain tight-lipped about the cause of the crash and exactly what was said on the cockpit voice recorder. Officially, what they will say is that they're following international protocols with this investigation. Investigators have been looking into both pilots' health, financial, and family histories. But if the crash turns out to be intentional, it would join a deadly list of notorious suicide crashes, including German Wings, Egypt Air, and Silk Air. And it's among the leading theories for the disappearance of Malaysia Airlines Flight 370, still missing with 239 people on board. This morning, Chinese aviation authorities say they have not yet reached a conclusion about what brought down this plane. We should make the point China Eastern Airlines not returning our request for comment. But guys, the fact that the 737-800, very widely flown all over the world, has gone, continued to fly, no service bulletins, no reports of any airworthiness directives, really might suggest there is not a problem with this plane, 5,000 in service worldwide. Craig? 
Okay, Tom Costello for us there in Chicago. Tom, thank you. All right, let's switch gears now. Let's get our first check of the weather. Al, now, good we're talking 90s, and in fact, who's hit 90 degrees already this year? Washington, D.C. or Minneapolis? Believe it or not, Minneapolis is at 92. That's crazy. Atlanta or Caribou, Maine hit 90 degrees? <laughs> Caribou, Maine, not Atlanta. And also, Chicago, Miami, a little bit of a trick for you. Both have hit 90 so far this year. 91 in Chicago, 94 in Miami. And we've got Texas with 11 straight days of record highs. We are looking at records today on into tomorrow across nine states and moving on into Friday. We're talking that if she that heat shifting into the southeast and in fact we're looking at temperatures this weekend that'll actually start to cool down just a little bit by uh, by Sunday Washington's 88 same in Raleigh 71 in Cincinnati 71 in St. Louis Little Rock by Sunday you're at 75 degrees and that's your latest weather guys all right Al, so. thank you well coming up we've got two today exclusives for you including a milestone in the push for equal pay by the U.S. women's national soccer team we will tell you about the historic deal that was just reached to level the playing field. Long time coming there. Plus, Kerry Sanders, he's taking us inside the return of the greatest show on earth. So after five years away, what will the Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus look like? Well, Kerry's about to show us. But first, this is today <laughs> on NBC. <laughs> Thomas's presents Tackling Traffic with Tom. Good morrow. Tis your reminder to savor the morning with Thomas's breakfast. And while you may not be able to control what occurs on your commute, like your horse and buggy popping a wheel and axle on the way to the schoolhouse, you can control what you put atop your soft but crunchy bagel and the toastiness of your English muffin. So do take the time to savor the morning with Thomas's. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. now 7 30 wednesday morning may 18 2022 you know what that means we're one day away y'all one day away from harry styles the superstar singer who's also such a nice guy yes. he's gonna rock our plaza it's an it's epic it's our kickoff to our summer concert series i don't know how many people have requested tickets but i know you've been that you've oh, had a lot of people we've all been oh, I know. People, are, people i haven't talked to in years yeah. by the way there are already some folks who are camped out yeah, yeah already exactly. camped yeah. out yeah. for the show yeah. tomorrow we're gonna have 
Tens of thousands out there. Let's get to your headlines here. 7.30 Wednesday morning, and we begin with a tragedy on the Jersey Shore. An 18-year-old died after sand collapsed on top of him while he was digging at the beach. His 17-year-old sister was also trapped, but she was rescued and treated at the scene. Officials say the siblings were using Frisbees to dig a 10-foot hole when the sand just gave way. The family was visiting the Jersey Shore from Maine. Uh, the crisis at the southern border appears to be growing larger. More than 234,000 migrants tried to cross into the U.S. last month. That is a 22-year high, the fourth time in the past year that the monthly border encounters have topped 200,000. Officials say it's more than likely the numbers will cross that threshold again this month. All right, a Today exclusive now, a major milestone for equal pay. U.S. soccer and the women's men's and women and men's national teams have told us that they reached a historic new deal to even the playing field. Yeah, they hope the agreement sets a new precedent for the gender pay gap in sports. NBC Stephanie Gosk has this exclusive. Hey, Steph, good morning. Good morning, Hoda. U.S. women's soccer has been fighting for equal pay for over a decade now. Today, the huge announcement, they finally have it. A collective bargaining agreement was the last step. The terms include sharing World Cup prize money equally among the men and women, something no other soccer federation in the world does. The U.S. women are multiple World Cup champions, last winning a title on the field in 2019 while fighting for equal pay off of it. But today, that battle is officially over. I am feeling extreme pride. And to be able to say, finally, equal pay for equal work feels very, very good. U.S. soccer and the men's and women's national team unions announcing a historic new collective bargaining agreement. Every player, man or woman, will be paid equally. It's equalization of World Cup prize money, um, identical financial terms, including um, identical game payments, um, identical revenue sharing for both teams. Um, so identical in every aspect on that front. They will also equally share any money U.S. soccer makes commercially and at events. Defender Becky Sauerbrunn has been in the fight for equal pay from the beginning. There has been a lot of frustration. Is that over? I mean, it's it's tough to get so, so excited about something that we really should have had all along. She and four teammates filed a federal wage complaint in 2016, telling today at the time. The pay disparity between the men and women is, is just too large. In 2019, more women joined the push. 28 players filed a lawsuit against U.S. soccer. It was settled earlier this year, awarding the women with $22 million in back pay. Megan Rapino celebrating that victory on Today. I'm just so proud um, of the way we stuck together and um, really just kind of put our foot down. Um, this is a huge win for us. With this new agreement, U.S. soccer will now do something no other soccer federation in the world does. World Cup prize money will be pooled between the men and women's teams and split equally among all players. The men's World Cup winner in 2018, France, received $38 million. The U.S. women only took home $4 million for their win the next year. It does mean that the men are giving up a little bit of money, though. Potentially, right? Not potentially, for sure. And I think we need to give the men a lot of credit. They came to the table and were very collaborative and worked together um, with the women's PA first and then came together with U.S. soccer. They hope this landmark agreement sends a strong message. But I think this is going to have international ramifications in sport in general and hopefully into the business world as well.
The men have qualified for this year's World Cup in Qatar, qualifying for the 2023 Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand begins in July for the women. Okay, long road. Here you go, yeah. finally, yeah. finally. Years and years. All right, All right, Thank you, Steph. Thank you for that exclusive. Up next, another exclusive. We're going to take you inside the reinvention of the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. Five years in the making. So, what will the greatest show on earth look like when it finally returns? Carrie Sanders is ringing us, ringing us this one. Get, yeah, oh, there we go. Yeah. Another exclusive preview right after this. Mr. Oka, they're playing your song there. Uh, this morning at In-Depth today, an iconic circus show that disappeared five years ago, now poised for a big comeback. Indeed, the Ringling Brothers Barnum & Bailey Circus announcing here on Today that they are reviving the show we know in a very different way, yeah. though. NBC senior national correspondent Carrie Sanders is at the circus headquarters in Florida. Hi, Carrie. Good morning. Well, good morning, guys. Ringling brother Barnum and Bailey. It's really a piece of Americana. Back in the 1800s, think about way back, a bell wagon like this, in fact, this one itself, would arrive in town, often pulled by an elephant, to announce the circus was coming to town. But fast forward, times changed. People didn't like the idea of animal rights, uh, the way they were performing. Uh, people just thought it was not what they wanted to see anymore. So. It went out of business in 2017, but in the last two years, they've been reimagining, thinking about what it could be. So with the grandeur and drama that you would expect from circus promoters, the greatest show on earth is back. It's a comeback story, still in the making. Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus reinventing itself. I feel like it's the heart coming back to American Circus. We are bringing the best talent from the world into the production and bringing it to hometowns all around America. Gone are the three rings. The circus, as your grandparents or even their parents remember it, fell victim to changing times. Feld Entertainment, which owns the circus, discovered today's audiences did not want to see animals performing. And today's kids do not laugh at corny clown acts. Will there be animals and clowns and things like that? We will not be touring animals. That's in the history. That's the past. That is the past. And, you know, the great thing is that we've had a blank piece of paper to reimagine. Now the plan is to up the game with human feats that dazzle, astonish, bewilder, while at the same time engaging audiences with interactive social media at times, even during the show. It creates a really special memory. And the shift coming from a younger leadership. I've been part of Ringling my whole life, and now we're excited to, to make that real for everybody else. So you didn't need to run away and join the circus. You were, you were born into it. I came home to it. In the warehouse with more than 70 years of circus costumes. You know, it started 1871, and it was Barnum and then Barnum and Bailey. Kenneth Feld says this isn't the first time a pandemic has inspired big changes under the big top. As a result of the pandemic in 1918, because they were completely closed down, that was when Ringling Brothers and Barnum and & Bailey combined because they didn't want to take a risk with all these other shows coming that out. That was the other pandemic. That was the other pandemic. The new circus, still a work in progress. What have you learned about the audience as we're coming out of this pandemic? 
what we're seeing is huge demand for people to be in person and to see things that are real. The producers who are bringing the Ringling back to the stage as also the same group of producers who do Disney on Ice, Monster Jam, Sesame Street Live. So they kind of think that they figured the audience out. They are right now still doing auditions. More than a thousand people have auditioned. About 75 will make it. And if all goes as planned in about 16 months, we'll see the circus performing around the country. Uh, and it will not be our parent circus. It'll be very right. good, guys. Looks Thank cool. You, it does look cool. Thanks, Carrie. Thank you, Carrie. All right. Mr. Roker, how about uh, a deck of the weather? I have some fond memories. My dad bringing all of us down to Madison Square Garden wow. to see the circus. My gosh. Well, as we look right now, we've got some uh, big shows coming on as far as storms concerned. We're looking at storm hazards for today. Wind gusts of 80, 60 miles per hour, low tornado risk. Tomorrow, strong storms in the upper Midwest from Minneapolis to Green Bay down to Des Moines. We're looking for damaging hail, possibility of tornadoes. And then on Friday, 34 million people at risk from Lansing, Chicago, St. Louis, Springfield, all the way down to Dallas for wind gusts, and we can't rule out a tornado or two as this system pushes to the east. Cold front swings into the Ohio River Valley. Late day storms developing. Tomorrow, rain moves into the northeast, including for uh, Harry Styles. No, but, uh, no. Just a, just a drizzle. Just a drizzle. Well, you know what? Harry no. will perform rain or shine. Just a drizzle. Really? <laughs> Yes, he will perform. Yes, he will. And it will be more rain than shine. <laughs> uh, but uh, a severe threat in Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin. Heavy rain. Hey, I'm just telling you, okay? Uh, and then Friday, the front end is the Midwest, fueled by heat and humidity. We look for a severe risk from Michigan to northern Texas. And what does your app say? It says, listen to Roker. Yeah. It says, why are you looking at us? Yeah, yes. the guy sitting right next to you. All right, Al, we love you. Thanks, Thanks Al. Just ahead, some uh, never-before-seen videos of mysterious objects buzzing past pilots revealed by the Pentagon during the first UFO hearing in 50 years. So what on earth are they? Or are they not from Earth? We'll have the very latest right after this. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. We are back with Carson with mm -hmm. a subject that has baffled the world for generations, UFOs. Yeah, that's right. For the first time in half a century, Congress held a hearing on the subject yesterday, even unveiling two never-before-seen videos. The truth is out there. Did we find out the truth yesterday, Gotti Schwartz? What's the word? <laughs> Well, we have two new videos to file under weird stuff released by Congress, but don't expect to see clear images of some sort of flying spaceship. 
This morning, new green night vision video showing triangles in the sky, but this time the Pentagon offering an explanation to lawmakers. We're now reasonably confident that these triangles correlate to unmanned aerial systems in the area. The triangular appearance is a result of light passing through the night vision goggles and then being recorded by an SLR camera. But at the first congressional hearing on UFOs in 50 years, Pentagon officials admitting that most of what they call unidentified aerial phenomena remain unexplained. They also showed lawmakers this video captured by a fighter pilot with a cell phone that shows a metallic object that you might miss if you blink. I do not have an explanation for what this, this specific uh, uh, object is. Deputy Director of Naval Intelligence Scott Bray raising more eyebrows when answering this question. There have been no collisions between any U.S. assets and one of these UAPs, correct? We have not had a collision. We've had at least 11 near misses. Defense officials testifying that there were at least 18 cases where they had data from multiple sensors showing objects that moved in ways that could not be explained, adding they would share more details during a closed-door classified setting. In the past, fighter pilots and former Pentagon officials have told us some of the objects were capable of instant acceleration. And estimated speeds of well over 13,000 miles an hour. Now, the committee says this could be the first of several hearings, with some lawmakers saying next they would like to hear directly from some of the pilots who have encountered those objects firsthand. Guys? All right, wow. Guy Schwartz. Some of those UFOs must be from Long Island because I see 13,000 miles an hour on the LIE all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fast. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. Too fast. Uh, coming up on Popstar, your first look at some new shows heading your way, including. That's right, get excited, Uncle Al. She-Hulk. She-Hulk smash. All of us off-Broadway. It's coming up. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.